0: From the heart of our nation's capital here's Family Research Council President Tony Perkins.
1: Well, happy Friday. Thanks so much for tuning in. Yes, it's Friday and I'm on the air because that's because we're on the road. We're actually uh, at Houston First Baptist Church, the site of tomorrow's Stand Courageous Men's Conference. Our appreciation to Pastor Greg Mott and the team here at First Baptist. And by the way, if you're in the area, we still have some space available for tomorrow's conference. To find out more, go to StandCourageous.com. In fact, for the next hour, you can still register online. After that, you'll have to register in person. But go to StandCourageous.com. We'll talk more about that. In just a few moments when I'm joined by General Jerry Boykin, the executive vice president of the Family Research Council and uh, one of our keynote speakers at the Stand Courageous conference tomorrow. But first, facing the threat of being held in contempt of Congress, FBI Director Christopher Wray has agreed to allow top members of the House Oversight and Accountability Committee to view a subpoena document relating to the committee's investigation into President Joe Biden and his family's influence peddling. We're going to talk about that. A little bit later. And once again, you've made a difference in response to uh, to many of you calling the Louisiana Senate over the Senate Health Committee's attempt to kill Louisiana's version of the SAFE Act. It now appears the full Senate will vote on the bill. Now, the measure would prohibit the experimental and oftentimes irreversible use of drugs and surgeries on minors to treat gender dysphoria. We're going to get an update on that from the president of the Louisiana Forum, Gene Mills. We'll also talk with Dr. Mark Harris, the vice president of Association of Church Ministries, here at the Family Research Council, which heads up our Stand Courageous Men's Conference. He's going to be joining us later. And another one of our Stand Courageous speakers, former Atlanta Fire Chief Kelvin Cochran, is here to talk about how men need to be responding to this five-alarm culture fire that is threatening our families and our future. That's still to come. Later. Later here on Washington Watch. Our word for today comes from Ezra, chapter 7, verse 10. For Ezra had prepared his heart to seek the law of the Lord and to do it, and to teach statutes and ordinances in Israel. Ezra was commissioned by the Persian king to lead a group of former captives back to Jerusalem. What prepared him for such a mission? Well, the word tells us studying the word of God. Ezra had prepared his heart to seek the law of the Lord. He had prioritized the Word of God, and so should we. But he did more than study it. He actually lived by the Word of God, as it said, and to do it. As the psalmist wrote in the Word of God, he says, the Word of God is a lamp to our feet. That prepared him to then teach the Word to others. You see, we teach the Word by instruction and by example. Parents, grandparents, we need to be teaching our children to know the Word of God, but to do that, we must first live by the Word of God. To find out more about our journey through the Bible, go to Stand on the Word or go to TonyPerkins.com. Well, as I mentioned, you are making a difference by responding to our calls to action. Earlier this week, I asked our viewers and listeners in Louisiana to contact your state senators after. House Bill 468, which would protect children from transgender procedures like uh, surgical mutilation and sterilization, was nixed by a Senate committee. Well, good news. The Louisiana Senate responded to the outcry and revived this legislation yesterday by a vote of 26 to 12. While not unprecedented, this represents a rare move by the state Senate and illustrates the importance of this issue. In fact, uh, in my time in the legislature, I, I in fact, I don't recall a, uh, a vote by the entire body overriding a committee, forcing them to uh, report a bill. So it's a significant step. Well, joining me now to give us the latest on this is Gene Mills, president of Louisiana Family Forum. Gene, welcome back to the program.
2: Hey, it's good to be with you, Tony. It's a good day.
1: It is. So give us the latest on uh, where this bill stands and what has transpired.
2: Well, obviously, in Louisiana, we have a number of uh, m- mismatch uh, priorities in the House and the Senate. So we're hopeful that, though our bill is in good posture, it doesn't run afoul of financial disputes over how to spend surplus monies. But HB 468 was reported without opposition from Senate Jude today at about 4 o'clock. And it'll be read into the record layover for 24 hours. And is subject to a vote in regular order on Monday or as, as early as this weekend. And uh, we feel optimistic that we have the vote on the floor.
1: So at this point, what we've seen happen is that the, the Senate, the entire Senate body, has responded to the calls that people have made. And the committee has kind of basically been stripped of jurisdiction on this. And it's uh, gone to another committee. That has been reported out, so there will be a floor vote. So what's the action item at this point, Gene Mills?
2: It's to urge members to follow the lead of Senator Jay Morris, who will be handling the bill on the floor, and encourage the Senate president to give it a timely hearing on the floor, uh, likely Monday. So we're urging members to follow Jay's lead, vote favorably on House Bill 468. There may be a few technical amendments. Nothing dramatic, and to fight off any battle to add any substantive amendments or unfriendly amendments. So we're in shape. So were
1: there any amendments uh, in the, the Senate committee that would uh, require this to go back to the House at this point?
2: Not really, Tony. I think it may have to go through concurrence just for technical purposes, but this is the final journey. Those can be done in a timely fashion. Both the Speaker of the House and the Senate President have assisted us in getting the bill this far. Like I said earlier, it only comes down to if it remains a top priority, we need you to put it up early Monday so we don't run afoul of the end-of-game procedures that have a tendency to run out the clock. So we're thanking members for a favorable vote and respectfully asking the Senate President to give it priority Monday morning.
1: All right. Gene Mills, thanks so much for taking time to join us on this uh, Friday uh, afternoon. And uh, good work there at the Louisiana Family Forum, uh, tracking these things and getting these measures through. You're doing a great job.
2: You bet, Tony. Appreciate the assist.
1: All right. Uh, Gene Mills with the Louisiana Family Forum. Um, I'll give you that phone number in just a moment for those of you in Louisiana. But I want to go to Carrie Pickett, senior reporter with The Washington Times on this latest with information coming out earlier today that the FBI director has said that he will come to Capitol Hill uh, or at least the documents, the documents that are uh, being um, requested. That document will be on Capitol Hill on Monday for uh, both the chairman Comer and the ranking member. Uh, to, to review this, uh, that's Jamie Raskin uh, from uh, Maryland. Those two will be able to look at the document uh, on Monday. So uh, we just lost our reporter. We're going to try to get her back on, Carrie Pickett, with the uh, Washington Times. Uh, but this is – all right, here we go. Uh, Carrie, uh, welcome to Washington Watch. Thanks so much for joining us.
3: Thanks for having me, Tony.
1: All right, so uh, explain what has uh, taken place here.
3: OK, well, uh, there's been a real back and forth for about almost 30 days now uh, between the House Oversight Committee and the FBI, uh, starting when uh, the House Oversight Committee subpoenaed what is known as a uh, unclassified 1023 form uh, that had uh, alleged uh, that then Vice President Joe Biden, obviously now President Biden, had uh, engaged in a criminal bribery screen with a foreign national having to do with some uh, business uh... we don't know what that business is uh... of course this is just alleged but uh... they simply wanted to get hold of this particular document that the fbi did not want to uh... release. uh... now finally yeah, you had the uh, fbi said to uh... To, to mr Comer as well as mr grassley uh... that okay look we're going to let uh we're we're going to uh come to Capitol hill we're going to uh allow Mr. C- Mr. Comer and Mr. Raskin who is the ranking member as you mentioned to uh, look at this document uh in a skiff in a uh, in this uh, well, Let expensive. me ask you
1: about that. Let me ask you about that carry because this is an unclassified document. I mean this is not a classified document. So why why do they have to why so much, you know, Uh, you know, security around this. They're going to have to look at it in a skiff and only the two top members of the committee can look at it.
3: Well, the uh, FBI uh, claims that they are are trying to uh, protect the confidentiality and safety of sources and important investigative sensitivities, quote-unquote. You know, I was talking to one of my FBI sources about that. And uh, keep in mind that Mr. Comer found out about this particular 1023 form uh through Mr. Grassley who uh who who himself found out about it through a whistleblower through a tip. I mean they didn't they didn't even know that this particular form existed. Uh and the FBI according to the, the Republican lawmakers uh apparently said, "Oh, we don't we don't even know this uh, form even even existed." You know, like, "What are you talking about?" And then they actually confirmed Uh, This past week. Oh, yeah, it actually does exist. And so and that in and of itself was apparently a big victory. Uh, But now it they're they're saying that, oh, well, it's going to be like this could possibly hurt national security. It could hurt confidential sources. But ultimately, uh, you know, you had the FBI who are saying, look, documenting Mm -hmm. the information does not validate it. Well, once again, according to a number of my FBI sources, they're saying, look, when you have um, a, a source talk to us on these on the record, to to, uh, to uh, and we have to put it down on a 1023. We have to vet it, and if this person's lying to us, that means they're going to get into really big. Well,
1: trouble. That, that, I mean that that's a that's a federal <laughs> offense, lying to an yeah. FBI agent. We've seen people Absolutely. go to jail for that.
3: Absolutely. So for, um, you know director raised to uh, make it seem like oh this is just uh something that's completely uncorroborated and and the interesting thing here is this is right after the durham report came out and a lot of raised defenders and a lot of democrats were sort of blowing it off like oh that is just complete fiction and there was a durham report you know completely saying well look the dossier was a complete fiction right. and they were there blowing that off. So it's a little bit ironic now that here is Ray sort of uh, sort of blowing off this particular file. So
1: uh, Carrie, you just got about a minute left. So what what could come from this after reviewing this document on Monday? What could Chairman Comer do?
3: Well, he is likely going to want to bring in a number of other Republican lawmakers uh and they he's going to say, look, it's not just going to be me and uh Ranking Member Raskin, who are going to want to see this. Uh, I'm, I'm going to want to bring in other Republican lawmakers, and I'm going to want to likely put this out to the public. This is just nonsense that I'm the only one who can look at this. And, right. and, and Representative Comer, and, 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 and here's the interesting thing, too, is that they're trying to keep this particular document you know, in, in, in a tiny little box, yet all these leaks about the Trump investigation that Special right, Counsel exactly. Jack Smith is leaking yeah. <laughs> all over the place. But
1: that's it, okay. it, it, Yeah, you're absolutely right. And, and I think one of the questions that needs to be asked, what was done with this information when you had it? What did the FBI do with that? And I'm sure that's where Chairman Comer is going to go with this. Uh, Carrie uh, Pickett, thanks so much for taking time to join us on this Friday afternoon.
3: Sure thing. Take care, Tony.
1: All right, uh, Carrie Pickett with The Washington Times. Obviously, we're going to be tracking that uh next week. We did talk to several members today. Everybody's kind of flying back home after they were called back to Washington this week. So we're going to, we'll probably, uh, we'll work to get uh, Chairman Comer on the program next week uh, to talk about it. All right. uh, When we come back, we're going to talk about Stand Courageous. We're in um, Houston, Texas at First Baptist Church for tomorrow's Stand Courageous conference. The General joins me next. Don't go away. More Washington Watch straight ahead.
0: Today, more than ever, men need a reminder of what biblical manhood looks like and to understand God's good design for them, to serve as provider, instructor, battle buddy, defender, and chaplain. They need a battle plan to truly live out their role. Family Research Council's Lieutenant General Jerry Boykin and Dr. Keenan Kierton's book, Strong and Courageous, a sequel to Man to Man, offers this battle plan so that men can pursue their God-given responsibility in a culture quickly turning away from God's design. The authors unpack the Old Testament book of Joshua as the focus of their study, asking readers to look to his leadership to help consider and apply the key principles of biblical manhood. It's time for men to accept their role in the family and community and truly embrace their God-given purpose. To order your copy of Strong and Courageous, A Call to Biblical Manhood, go to frc.org strongandcourageous. Again, that's frc.org slash strongandcourageous. Christians must be sure to faithfully think about the issues that have taken our culture and many of our churches by storm from a biblical perspective.
1: Welcome back to Washington Watch. I'm your host, Tony Perkins, looking for my pen here. We're at uh, First Baptist Church in Houston, Texas, for the Stand Courageous Men's Conference, which will be taking place here tomorrow. You can still register during the course of this program. You can register online at standcourageous.com. After the program's over, you'll have to register in person tomorrow morning. Joining me now to talk about this, uh, two men that I hold in high esteem, two men that uh, mean a whole lot to me. Uh, to my immediate left is General Jerry Boykin, founding member of the uh, Delta Force, retired three-star general, has been with the Family Research Council for a decade now. And, uh, a little more
5: than that. Well, I was... <laughs> yeah, I know you're a Marine. You can't count. I can't count. I, I got my <laughs> shoes on. Yeah.
1: And uh, next to him is my dad, Richard Perkins. And uh, he's here with my son, and uh, there's three of us here. We drove
5: over from Baton Rouge for the Stand Courageous Conference. General, so tell
1: us about the men's conference.
5: i tell you, Tony, I'm excited about this. I think we all are. It's, uh, it's really shaping up here. We, uh, we've got about 800 that I'm aware of right now that are uh, – going to be at the conference and i think it'll grow it may go to a thousand by tomorrow when uh, people come in and register at the door
1: so i want to start with a question um a lot of people think we're we're just talking about policy issues in washington dc that's where we're headquartered we deal with public policy why is a public policy organization in washington dc doing men's conferences
5: well first of all we're called the family research council now that means that uh We also care about families, and men are really the head, at least the spiritual head of the family. If we don't invest in the men, uh, there's very little chance that this country will, will ever be able to recover from the morass that we're in right now. But if we do invest in them, there's a very good chance that if we can get men doing what God called men to do, we can make a lot of changes in this nation.
1: Yeah. I mean, and that's why we're doing this. We feel it, 70% of the problems that face our nation could be resolved if we had the men in proper alignment with God, yep. in proper alignment with their wives, leading their families and their children. Absolutely. And, and one of the things we'll talk about that relationship with the Lord tomorrow. I mean, that's front and center in our conversation here at the Stand Courageous Conference. And, uh, and Dad, you, were, you came to know Christ late in life.
5: Yes. Uh, it was uh, one of those things when uh, your son leads you. <laughs> <laughs> he was going to a uh, vacation Bible school, and he said, uh, Dad, I'd like to go to Sunday school. And I kept saying, yeah, okay, next Sunday. You know, next Sunday, finally, that Sunday came, and
2: yeah. we walked in, and it was a, church that uh, didn't have
5: too many people in it and where does a five-year-old boy go yeah. <laughs> he goes right to the front yeah. so. that was
1: before I became a Baptist <laughs> now I sit on the back row <laughs> but, but the, the, the relationship with Christ transformed not only your life but our home yes and, and that's, that's the key is that relationship and so we're, we're challenging men with that so I don't wanna, I don't want to scare any men off but if you're missing something in your life, this is the key. It begins with that relationship with your creator. So give us a, a little sense of what men are going to hear tomorrow, General.
5: You know, we, uh, we we wrote a book called Man to Man, which talks about five things that a man is supposed to be, that God's called a man to be. And we have uh, five different people that are going to speech on that are going to speak on each of those topics as to what a man is supposed to be. We've got people like Rafael Cruz here that will be speaking tomorrow. We've got uh, Stu Weber, who used to be with Providence for a long time, my battle buddy, and we've got uh, Bishop Larry Jackson that'll be here. And we've got uh, we've got some breakouts as well that I think are going to be just as important as what we say in the primary yeah. uh, sessions there because we've got uh, we've got some really good topics there.
1: I I want to throw this out here we're almost out of time for the segment, but this attack on masculinity. Mm-hmm. There is an it this has ramifications far beyond our own homes. It certainly has, you know, as we see the culture Hollywood trying to emasculate men. This
5: this is a national security issue as well, isn't it? It is absolutely a national security issue and Uh, First of all, it's an issue for many things. I just heard the other day uh, on Fox News that uh, there are 9.2 million men, able-bodied men, that are not working in America today. Now, that is something that is very hard for me to understand because what that's saying is the rest of the country carries the burden of the taxes and and everything else uh, for those 9 million, 9.2 million men that aren't working. And that's that robs them of their dignity when they don't have that. But it's also, uh, if you look at uh, what's happening within our military, for example, if you don't have men that have some kind of values, some kind of base in terms of who they are, what they believe, how strongly they feel about uh, this nation and what, how much pride they take in this nation than what you basically are going to have, as we've talked before, you're going to have a mercenary military, and you don't want that because that's dangerous.
1: In, in many ways, we've gotten here because of silence.
5: Mm-hmm.
1: Men have been silenced, and the, um, as a result, we, we've allowed others to define what being a man is. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it's really time for men to, to speak up. Dad, you've led uh, men's Bible studies. Men, men are hungry for this. We just need to, we, we need to sure be willing are. to challenge them.
5: Yes, yes. Very, very much so. Men are, uh, they, they want to hear the Lord's word spoken to them on a one-to-one basis. Right. And affirmed
1: as being men. I mean, it, it's okay to be a man, all right? And, that, and you're going to hear a lot of that tomorrow, all right? In fact... Uh, this will be a, a no wimp zone tomorrow. Right? No, uh, none of that. We're going to be men tomorrow. We're going to be real, and this is about uh, being—you know, being what God has called us and designed us to be. We're going to talk more about this on the other side of the break. Dad, thanks so much for joining Thank us. You. Thank you, General. Don't go anywhere. I'll be right here. All right, uh, <laughs> Doctor Mark Harris joins us uh, next. We're going to talk a little bit more. About our Association of Church Ministries and tomorrow's Men's Conference. And then uh, we're going to be joined by the former Fire Chief of Atlanta, Kelvin Cochran, who's going to be joining us. He took a stand and um, he's going to talk about that. All right, don't go away. More Washington Watch straight ahead.
4: Men are constantly told that there is no place for their thoughts and concerns about abortion.
6: Have you seen the Now We Live series? It is a six-week worldview Bible study created in partnership with Family Research Council and Summit Ministries. This video series was put together to help Christians propel faith into action. It offers six free videos to prompt rich discussions about some of life's most foundational questions among churches, small groups, and families. Each video is led by well-known Christian voices and addresses questions regarding worldview, Jesus, truth, identity, and society. It's so important for Christians to both know the truth and to live in a way that is compatible with the truth. Being grounded in what is true and living out God's grace allows a believer's faith to truly transform one's own life and ultimately help transform a broken world. Equip yourself and other Christians to learn more about what it means to truly hold a biblical worldview. Access this important series by going to frc.org worldview. Again, go to frc.org worldview.
1: Welcome back to Washington Watch. I'm Tony Perkins. It's Friday and we are on the road. We're at First Baptist Church in Houston, Texas, for the Stand Courageous Men's Conference, which will be held here tomorrow. And uh, there's still time to register if you're in the area. You can go to StandCourageous.com or you can show up at the door tomorrow morning and I'll give you the time in just a moment. But first, I want to go uh, back to our first story story. Uh, regarding the SAFE Act, Safe Type Act, which would uh, protect children from the experimental use of drugs and surgeries, oftentimes irreversible in what they do, uh, to treat gender dysphoria. And this is something that's being pushed across the nation, but this is the encouraging thing. We're seeing state after state standing up to a very politically charged issue, I mean, you've got you know, retailers, Target, and all these others promoting this whole transgender nonsense, confusing our children, trying to push this down the throats of the American people. And state lawmakers are standing up. Over 17 states have passed measures that would protect minors from these experimental right. surgeries. So as we mentioned at the top of the program, the Louisiana Senate took a rare step in essentially relieving a committee that had killed this bill Uh, and relieve them of jurisdiction, put it into another committee. It passed out today, and it will be on the floor of the State Senate. So if you live in Louisiana, here's your action step. You can call your state senator at 225-342-2040. That's 225-342-2040. That's the switchboard for the State Senate in Louisiana. I know we've got a lot of listeners in Louisiana. Call your senator and tell them to vote for the measure to protect minors from experimental drugs and surgeries. All right. Uh, the bill is uh, HP, uh, I believe, 468, I believe. Um, all right. So tomorrow, as I mentioned here at First Baptist Church, we will have the Stand Courageous Men's Conference in Houston, Texas. Join me now to uh, to continue continue our conversation. Not only do we have uh, General Jerry Boykin with us, but also uh, Dr. Mark Harris, who is the vice president of our Association of Church Ministries, and they oversee our men's ministry. Mark, uh, welcome to the program.
7: Great to be
5: here. General, glad yeah. you didn't go anywhere. You said stay here, and I <laughs> do know how to follow an order. Okay, well, very good, very good.
1: So, uh, before I forget, what time do they need to show up at the door in the morning if they're here? Well, they can up.
7: they can be here uh, as early as uh, seven o'clock and uh, about eight o'clock the worship team is going to begin worship and uh, things will kick in right after that
1: so registration opens at seven yes okay registration opens seven if you're in the area and you want to come join us there's still room for you mm-hmm. so let's talk a little bit about uh, the general mentioned the breakout sessions that uh, will be uh, held tomorrow in addition to the main stage speakers so Tell us about some of the breakouts. We've got
7: a number of breakouts, Tony, that uh, really are going to help men to put into action what they're going to hear from the platform. I mean, you're going to hear the plenary speakers, as General touched on earlier, talking about being the provider, being the battle buddy, being the defender, being the chaplain in the home, being the instructor in the home. And then the breakouts are going to enable them to really find ways that they can make a difference in their own home in their own church, and in their own community. And so like Doug Stringer, who is uh, well-known here in Houston, is going to actually be doing a a very powerful breakout on how divine wrestling changes everything, and that will make an impact. We're going to have Randy Wilson doing one on the words of life, a man's influence on his family.
1: It's a a great one.
7: Absolutely. Good information. So Kenan Curitan is going to do one on making the most of leading family gatherings. And we know that that's an important aspect no. for men to be able to lead their Seizing family Seizing the moment. Oh, Seizing absolutely. the moment when these holidays come around and uh, being able to, to lead that spiritually. It's a, good, it's a good segment. You got it. And then, of course, Tim Throckmorton, uh, who works with us as a national CIT director, is going to do one on how men can make an All right, impact. You've been in
1: Washington too long. CIT. <laughs> tell tell what's a CIT.
7: Well, community impact team. You're okay, right. I have All right. been Too around much of this
1: alphabet soup we get from <laughs> DC. So, so that's th- that that's actually for churches to set up kind of the moral conscience
7: conscience of their church in terms of engagement. Exactly. Just as you were touching on just a moment ago about right. in Louisiana. I mean if you have believers in Louisiana that are gonna get on the phones and load up and and get folks within their church to reach out to the state senators and that need to take this bill up and support it. Um, that's a community impact
1: team. So they they do voter registration. They keep up with the issues. They also do community projects. They do. Service projects. Service. And uh, so that's a great, uh, great breakout as well. What else
7: we got? And then I'm going to be doing a breakout, actually, on a biblical response to America's growing crisis. Nobody has to argue with the fact that we're in a crisis in america we're feeling it at every point and primarily what i'm doing is setting the stage using the book of nehemiah as a matter of fact yeah, and talking good about good book talking about the fact that we have started an association of church ministries where again we're calling churches together to stand not only the pastors coming together like through our watchman ministry but really churches that are identifying standing shoulder to right. shoulder arm in arm identifying.
1: Never been more important than having that fellowship of like-minded pastors and churches. So very quickly, we're up against uh, the break, but how can pastors who are listening find out more about this association of church ministers? If they will
7: simply go to acm.frc.org. It's that simple, acm.frc.org. It'll take them to our webpage. They can find out information there that tells them how they can join and be a part. And again, you gave us the perfect perf- perfect segue in by talking about what's happening in Louisiana. Just imagine if we have 100, 200 churches in Louisiana that all of right. the people tonight were stepping up.
1: Absolutely. Dr. Mark Amen. Harris, thanks so much for uh, joining us and uh, looking hear. forward to this conference this weekend. Amen. So find out more. Go to the website. Uh, Mark just laid out or you can go to TonyPerkins.com or uh, email me, Tony, TonyPerkins.com. We'll make sure we get that information to you, Pastor. All right. Don't go away. Uh, On the other side of the break, we're going to be joined by another one of our speakers, former fire chief of Atlanta is here to actually not put out a fire, but hopefully build a fire. That's next on Washington Watch. Don't go away.
6: Are you prepared to pray, vote and stand for biblical truth? It is imperative that Christians pray for their community and culture to steward their role as a citizen by voting and to stand for biblical truth. This means that Christians must be intentional about seeking after the Lord in all things. You can join Family Research Council and FRC Action President Tony Perkins in this mission as he hosts the Pray, Vote, Stand broadcast to inspire brothers and sisters in Christ to turn their attention to the Lord first and in every compartment of their lives. Tony is joined by experts, elected leaders, and Christian leaders For this weekly half hour program to help you see through the fog created by the biased mainstream media, watch the Pray, Vote, Stand weekly broadcasts and commit to pray for our nation, to stand for truth and to seek the Lord first. Just go to prayvotestand.org. Again, that's prayvotestand.org.
0: Tech censorship is on the rise. Big tech companies are attempting to cancel conservatives and Christians, which is why here at Family Research Council, we've decided to be proactive so that big tech cannot silence us completely. FRC has a text subscription platform to be sure we can continue to keep you in the loop. That way you can still find updates on faith, family, and freedom. You can get FRC's content straight to your phone. Just sign up for our text alerts by texting STAND to 67742. Again, you simply text STAND to 67742, and FRC will send you special alerts on the issues that matter to you. By subscribing, you'll also be one of the first to know about our upcoming events and programs. All of this info is yours with just a simple text. You'll have access to content that will help you continue to stand for faith, family, and freedom. And you'll know about opportunities to connect with like-minded communities. Just text STAND to
6: 67742 and be the most informed person you know. Finding a quality news source today in this media-saturated world can be incredibly difficult. It is important to stay informed on what is going on in the world, but you need a news source you can trust. That is why Family Research Council created The Washington Stand, an online news platform with a mission to provide readers with free factual news stories, and commentaries, all from a biblical worldview. Based in Washington, D.C., our reporters provide reliable information on the most crucial issues of the day, ranging from breaking news on the hottest Supreme Court decisions to details on the latest public education stories, updates to domestic and international religious liberty cases, and more. We want you and your family to stay informed on what is happening in the world that affects faith, family, and freedom. Be encouraged. Be in the know. And stand firm in truth by visiting WashingtonStand.com today. That's WashingtonStand.com. Hey,
1: welcome back to Washington Watch. Good to have you with us on this Friday. As I mentioned, uh, if you're just tuning in, we are at First Baptist Church in Houston, Texas, which is the location for tomorrow's Stand Courageous Men's Conference. It's uh, it's going to be a great conference. They're always good, impactful. Um, and joining me now to uh, continue our conversation is uh, not only General Jerry Boykin, Executive Vice President of the Family Research Council, but special guest, one of our speakers tomorrow here at the Stand Courageous con- Conference, former fire chief in Atlanta, Georgia, Kelvin Cochran. Kelvin, good to see you, brother.
8: It's good to see you, Tony. Uh,
1: how long has that been? When when you and let me give a little story here, a little, set the little stage a little bit because uh, that's when we first met. You put together a devotional book for your men's Bible study at your church. uh Who said you were naked? That's right. Now, if you're in the South, it should be naked, mm-hmm. but that's... uh you know, so it depends on how you pronounce it. So you put this together for your men's Bible study, blew up, uh, and it ended in you losing your job because there's one page in there that talks about human sexuality, about heterosexual marriage, and how homosexual behavior is not in God's design.
8: That's correct, Tony. Out of a 162-page book, uh, about a page and a half, spoke about God's design for marriage and sexuality, and it was those few paragraphs that cost me a 34-year childhood dream come true amazing career in the fire service.
1: And of course, it started in Louisiana. You're from Shreveport.
8: Absolutely. Born and raised in Shreveport, Louisiana. And at five years old, I saw a fire across the street from where I lived, And that's the day God put the conviction in my heart. I said to my mom and sisters and brothers, I want to be a fireman when I grow up.
1: Were you surprised when, uh, in general, you've got a similar story. You know, you're just doing your job ministering to people, and you know, next thing you know, you're at the center of a controversy, a raging controversy. Were you surprised and shocked by the response to this Bible study?
8: Oh, absolutely. You know, in the United States of America, we have uh, a First Amendment that protects our right uh, to speak and live out our faith in spite of your faith and belief, and uh, I was fully confident Uh, because of the history of protection uh, of Americans who did that, that there was not going to be an issue. It never crossed my mind. But, of course, in uh, years since that time, uh, the public expression of our faith has caused uh, Christians, uh, I I say it this way, Tony, it has become an occupational hazard to be openly Christian in the United States of America. And it should not be that way. That's exactly right.
1: In in general, That's resulted in a lot of men shrinking back from living
5: out their faith. No question about it. And it's kind of disappointing to see, for me, as a soldier of 36-plus years, to see men that I thought showed a lot of courage on the battlefield. But when they come up against a different kind of enemy, an enemy that, that really is a spiritual enemy Mm -hmm. They can't figure out that they've got to be ready to do exactly the same thing they did. And when they fail to do that, it, it, it hurts their family. It hurts uh, them. And and it hurts the people that uh, they are responsible for or the people that they're associated with. It hurts them when these men won't stand up. And, you know, Psalms, 19 says who will take a stand against this evil for me Mm -hmm. who will rise up against these evil doers and people that say well my faith is a private thing that's just wrong you know when
1: Jesus was crucified that wasn't a private thing No, it was very public he died in a very public way for our sins and he's called us to take up our cross and to follow him both of you actually all three of us have something in common from a sense of that living out our faith publicly cost us you mm-hmm. you 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 found it in the army as you were at the pentagon you spoke about the good and evil the the mm-hmm. battle that's raging and 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 you had uh you know you had the weight of uh an administration come down on you mm-hmm. but i want to talk about the on the, on the other side of that you know Kelvin, you would have never had the opportunities that you have today. General, same with you, me. I can say for certain I'd still be a police officer. So if we're willing to go through the fire, mm-hmm. there are opportunities that God is going to enhance your platforms and your ability to serve Him.
8: Oh, absolutely. Um, I've come to the, through my experience, I've come to the conclusion there are worldly consequences for standing on biblical truth and standing for Christ. But there are also kingdom consequences for standing on biblical truth and standing for Christ. And the kingdom consequences are always greater than the worldly consequences. Jesus promised that whatever you lose standing for me, I'll restore it 100-fold in this life. And I'm living proof that Jesus was not using hyperbole when he said, whatever you lose. If we had the time, I could go through a list of things that I lost Tony, that has been restored 100 times greater than what I actually had lost. Would you do it again? I would absolutely do it again. The challenge in our country is there are too many sons and daughters of God who have more fear in the worldly consequences than faith and confidence in the kingdom consequences Jesus promised.
1: In, In general, speak to that for a moment, because fear robs us of our faith and it keeps us from experiencing what God has
5: for us. Yeah, keep in mind that fear is a natural thing, but the idea is you get over it. You get through that fear. You put that, your first instinct is fear, but that's human. Now you've got to understand that you have to rely on the Lord to be there with you. I'll never leave you nor forsake you, and you have to trust in him.
1: Let's talk just a little bit because you made reference to this a few moments ago about, you know, warriors who showed great bravery on the battlefield. But then when they're confronted with the spiritual enemy, loss of reputation, uh, marginalization in the eyes of society, they they shrink back. Loss of a job. Yeah, loss of a job. And I mean, these are all real things. I don't minimize them. I've Mm -hmm. experienced it. I mean, I know what that's like. But part of warfare and physical warfare for just a moment. There's a psychological component of that where you try to put fear into your Mm -hmm. adversary. You want them to be fearful because that can be a distraction. It can hinder them. And so we shouldn't be surprised that our spiritual enemy uses that tool
5: as well. No question about it. And look, it's today uh, uh, I was talking to the people here as we were sort of planning for tomorrow and and I said look this the enemy wants to shut us down the enemy wants to stop us the enemy does not I didn't sleep two nights ago and I was just wrestled all night before I got on the plane to come down here and it was nothing but a warfare spiritual warfare and I suspect that others have also because Bishop Jackson for example has a sore throat he'll be ready tomorrow and, but we we need to understand that that enemy wants to steal, rob, and destroy everything that we are, everything we care about. And a, an event like this is where you're going to see him in, in spades. He's yeah. going to come after us because there are men that are going to be in that auditorium tomorrow that need to unload some baggage. Right. Or they need to come face-to-face with with a loving God,
1: and they're going to. And they need to go home and lead their families. That's right. Yeah, Kelvin, Chief, we were talking before we started here about, you know, there's a, a five-alarm cultural fire raging in our country, and you said this is where daddies need to go to work
8: and respond. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, God has been, from the very outset, so uh, passionate about men fulfilling their role as fathers. Uh, That role as father is source, sustainer, provider, protector, nourisher, and foundation, and that we should know God's word and live it out and teach our children. It's throughout the scripture. And what we're experiencing in our culture today, Tony, is something that was foretold at the end of the book of Malachi concerning the prophet uh, John the Baptist, who was coming that he will preach, to turn the hearts of fathers back to their children and the hearts of children back to their fathers, else I will smite the earth with a curse. Well, what we're seeing all over the world today is because fathers have not turned their hearts to their children and children have turned their hearts away from their fathers, look at the consequences of our nation and nations around the world. It's a failure of fatherhood at its core, as God intended fatherhood to be.
1: So we have multiple threats right now. We we have the, the, this issue of the father and child relationship, but it's being it's being made even worse when you look at culturally what's happened to this whole transgender movement, where these messages are being sent to our children, confusing them over their identity as God created them. We have schools; we were just talking about this in the program yesterday, trying to hide this from parents. You know, literally. Taking from parents their God given responsibility to care for their children. You cannot be a passive man in in this culture today and be walking in obedience to God, from my perspective.
5: Absolutely. I don't think there's any question about that. And the question though is how do men know what God's called them to do? Yeah. It, and they don't have mentors now. They don't have other men that can stand up and, and, and guide them and lead them and mentor them so that they know how to hear from God. They know how to obey God walk in his footsteps. And, uh, this absence of fathers is the root cause.
1: All right. We just got a few minutes left and I to, uh, let me put out some more information. Again, if you're, uh... In the Houston, Texas area, tomorrow, we have our Stand Courageous Men's Conference. We still have space available. You can go to StandCourageous.com to find out more information. In fact, you got about seven minutes. You can register online. After that, uh, you're going to need uh, to register here on-site in the morning. Registration will open up at, uh, at 7 o'clock. Um, Chief, I want to go to for you, and I'm going to ask you. I'm going to give you a little more time to think about this, General. So I'm going to put the chief on on the spot first, because right. <laughs> uh, he's quick on his feet. Um, I don't know, but <laughs> <laughs> what gives you hope? What gives you hope when you look at the headlines? You see what's happening. Y- you have been the target of this cultural force that is running counter to biblical truth. But you couldn't keep going if you didn't have hope. What gives you hope?
8: The faithfulness of God. I've discovered since my fiery trial uh, that started in two thousand and fifteen that God is so faithful uh, to to His Word, and uh, when men learn to abide in their relationship with God, uh, we learn, Tony, that we have a. It's a collaborative relationship between God. And men. We can't carry the weight and responsibilities of manhood all by ourselves, and God didn't build us that way. And uh, when we rely on the divine nature of God on the inside of us to be the husbands and fathers and sons and uncles and grandfathers that we have been created to be, God is faithful to His Word. It will not return void. He equips us to fulfill the purposes that He established in us my hope is in the faithfulness of God and because of stand courageous conferences and other men's activities that are taking place in the body of Christ around the country God is building up a remnant of men who can restore hearts yeah. of children to their fathers and hearts of fathers to their children
1: yeah you was just thinking as you were talking about going through your fiery trial you know your, your next book should be Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego and Kelvin <laughs> <laughs>
5: Uh, So, General, what gives you hope? You know, in in many ways, um, the COVID period was actually an encouragement to me. And that is because I saw that there are really some pastors out there that are courageous men. And I saw people like Jack Hibbs and and a bunch of people that, you, you know, you don't hear much about them or you didn't until... CoVID came along and suddenly they were superstars. they were rock stars. they were out there saying to the government, You can't shut me down, do what you want to do find me jail me and and I spoke in one of the churches out there and and the pastor got jailed oh, yeah but yeah. that gives me encouragement because there are people sitting under their leadership that are hearing what they have to say and that are watching what they're doing and I believe that that in 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 over time that's going to have a real impact in terms of men being men yeah. and showing their courage.
1: And, and, you know, and that reminds me, and this is where we'll bring it in for a landing, but a number of those pastors that have been a part of the Watchmen on the Wall network of churches associated with the Family Research Council, many of those pastors wanted to be involved, wanted to speak out, but they just needed to be affirmed that mm-hmm. that was their role because the culture tells them something different, mm-hmm. and that's the same thing for men. And that's what Stand Courageous is about, is affirming men and their God-given responsibility to lead. Chief Cochran, always great to see you. Thanks so much for being with us here in Houston.
8: Thank you, Tony. I'm honored to be here.
1: Looking forward to what you have to say tomorrow. Thank you, sir. General, always great to be with you.
5: Good to be with you.
8: Looking
1: forward to what you have to say tomorrow because it's always, always powerful. And uh, folks, again, uh, men, I should say, not folks. Men, if you're in the, uh, the Houston area, we invite you to come and be a part of tomorrow's Stand Courageous Men's Conference. If not, well, be watching. Maybe we'll have a conference near you, and we may actually have one next summer in Washington, D.C., but more to come on that later. All right, until next time, I hope you have a great weekend, but also do this. As the Apostle Paul says in Ephesians 6, when you've done everything you can do, when you've prayed, when you've prepared, and when you have taken your stand, by all means, keep standing.
0: Washington Watch with Tony Perkins is brought to you by Family Research Council and is entirely listener supported. Portions of the show discussing candidates are brought to you by Family Research Council Action.